separation. What it is, what it means, and the different forms that it can take. I hope you checked it out last week. If you haven't, go to YouTube, Complex, uh, Complex Mind Simple Man. Go to my website, complexsimpleman.com. Check it out. Great discussion on political separation. But hey, today, folks, what we want to do, we're going to talk about uh, social or cultural separation. What that means from the standpoint of the Black community and what it will look like how it might take shape. What does it mean? So let's chop it up. Um, Marlon, I'm going to let you go ahead and lead off because the wonderful Miss Tracy is, looks like she's busy at the moment. <laughs> so if you would just kind of lead us in and then we'll go to Tracy. Well, the, the I still have to think about it. So, so I really <coughs> came to be first. <laughs> no problem. Um, Culture separation is uh, one of the, um, has been around for many a years. Um, we, if you want to look at it as this way, look at places like New York and LA, the huge, the bigger cities, where they always have their districts and it's always little something, little Italy, little China, um, those districts where you know when you go into that district, that area, that you're in that culture. And they make it so it's not whitewashed, so to speak. So when you go to Little Italy, it's not little Italy as seen by the white community. It is literally little Italy. You, you know where you're at. You know what you're going to get. And they purposely do it like that. And I kind of like it that. So if you want certain clothing. You have to go to this district. Because that is the only way you're going to get the authentic version of it so if you was making a if you're was making a a asian dish you could go to a regular grocery store and get a similarity to the ingredients that you need but if you want it authentic you have to go to little china to get the authentic <coughs> version of that they purposely make sure that you are in that culture that is now that is to me the i don't want to say the lowest form because i don't want nobody to think that that's the i'm degrading that that is just a certain version of of culture separation I follow. So, the is my question to Tracy. My question to you is, even though it's sarcastically being spoken because it hasn't, how could you build on culture separation using that model? 
you would ask me that question because <laughs> because there's so many different ways you could like I see the positives of cultural separation. But then if it's taken too far, I see the negatives. Because after all, we live in one country. We don't have Indiana's one country and Ohio's another country and Texas is its own country. We live in one country. What I would, what I would caution against in terms of cultural separation is, and you alluded to this, Marlon, you don't want to say, oh, well, if we get, I don't know what you would call, like, well, Harlem, no, Harlem suffer from gentrification, so I can't use that as an example. Well, you probably could. That's a, I could see where you would be going with that. Yeah, so if you're going into Harlem, you don't want businesses to say, no, we only serve Black people. That's the kind of cultural separation I don't want. Okay. I do want people who would go into that community to experience the history of that community, the language of that community, the food of that community, the interaction between neighbors in that community. But like I said, I don't want it to go so far where we're saying, okay, Latinx person, you can't come in this neighborhood. If that's making any sense. It, it does. I, I'm sorry. I don't think it would go that far because now that's just racism. I think is if I think that the furthest it will well my dream is the the identity and the um, being authentic, like I was saying about the the, the recipe. You can go to, if you're making a African dish, sure, you can go to certain grocery stores and get a similarity to the, to the um, ingredients that you need. And you can make a similarity to the African dish. But if you want it to be authentic, you have to go to this area. In other words, this area is saying for you to experience what we experience you have to come to us you have to come to our area well so here's where i would kind of bridge maybe the gap or or what have you so when you when you go into different areas um a lot of times we think of like chinatown or, or little italy right because they're just things that we're more familiar hearing about but there's nothing that says you can't go in there. Um, they, you can do business just fine. It's typically the only time I really kind of bump into this sentiment that you were kind of sharing, um, Tracy, is when it's us. And that bothers me just because no one really has a concern. Like I live in Metro Atlanta in the Gwinnett area, and we have um, a part of Duluth that's Pleasant Hill, really long road, um, has a lot of businesses on it. But there's a lot of Korean business there. Like the signs are written in Korean language. You, if you're not from here, you don't know what in the world it even says. But I don't get a feeling that I can't go, right? Uh, it's just a matter of if I do go, understand that I'm going in on their terms. 
And so if we were to model that in a way, first of all, we only have like the, Amer the, the Black American experience in a way. We are very much just Black white people. I mean, I hate to put it that way, but we speak English. Um, our, our cultural norms are, they're, they're different, but they're very similar, right? So it's less about uh, physical separation, because I think that's what you may have picked up on from it, and more about a separation of your identity. So when I want to go to the Mexican grocery store that's not far from where I live, when I pull up to that um, shopping center, I know that this is a Spanish-speaking shopping center, and this grocery store is a Mexican grocery store, and they got a bunch of other businesses that are in there, and I, and I don't feel unwelcome at all. I do know that I may not fully understand the language that's being spoken when I'm in there, but they're going to do their best to do business with me. I'm trying to do my best to do business with them, but they don't rely on my acceptance, my agreement, none of that. And that's kind of where I'm, if I was going to piggyback off of Marlon's example is where I would go. But what I'm actually trying to focus on is all in the mind, because the fact is we are, we're like the only true Americans in a way, because we don't have any other land to, <laughs> to tie ourselves to, right? We are literally a created demographic. But we have our own culture. And we've been shown that America is openly hostile to us. And despite all of our best interests become one to melt into the melting pot, we're always kept kind of like at arm's length we're always not quite what we just heard from who is it uh turtle man uh mitch mcconnell when he was basically saying well black people are just like americans no we Gee, are thanks <laughs> <laughs> he meant it that way huh and he meant it he meant it and that's exactly what he every did every word that he said every word so how long are we supposed to continue to beg to be part of something that doesn't want us. Why, why would it be bad? And this is a legit question. I'm gonna pass it off to you guys. Why would it be any way negative for us to look at some of our neighbors, our, our Latino community, the, the Asian communities, uh, and, and be like, you know what? We're here, but we're separate. Why would that be bad? Because um, because we still live in an American where, and, and I hate to say it like this, but it's true until the next generation or two generations down, that we still live in a, I don't want you to succeed more than me. But they don't want that for the other communities either. No, that's literally, that's what I'm talking about. They don't want it for any other community other than their community. Right. As long as their community is at the tippy top, they're fine. And then we want to be the melting pot and blah, blah, blah. In other words, 
when they're at the top, they still want us to join them. Yeah. They don't want us, but they do not they want, want us to, but they do not want us to accede them. Okay. So even if we say when they're not upset and angry and mad, okay, we're, you know, we still have this go back to your XYZ. Mm-hmm. Go back to your country. That's fine. They don't really mean that. No, what they don't. their meaning is they're just trying to say something to upset you, to get you mad, to everything else. Because if we were to sit there and say, okay, we're going to build our stuff our way, make our own economy, sustain our own selves apart from you, giving you what you want. Apart from you, we ain't got to deal with you. You ain't got to deal with us. As soon as they start seeing the success of that, they go into destruction mode or they go into whitewashing. Well, let me pause it. So that is historically how it's kind of gone down between the black and the white community. Yep. Okay. But I would contend that that may not necessarily be the same thing and that the main issue we have is not them, but actually us. Because I'm not saying that we say, hey, we're separating from you and we don't want nothing to do with you. And you stay over there, we'll stay over here and everything will be cool. Not saying that, because I don't even think that that's practical because we're still in America, right? The, the beauty of, in, in a sense of terms, the beauty of what some of the other communities or cultures have done is they've done what I just said without saying it. So they're still here. They're still paying federal taxes. They're still um, contributing to the, the overall economy. But they are not up in your face saying, we don't want to have anything to do with you. They're simply not having anything to do with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and, 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 I, and, and I agree to an extent, but our relationship is unique. I do get that. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. that's where I'm going. Our situation is unique. Yeah, because- it, it it is easier for everybody, every culture, to do something like that because it, it is. If the black community was to be um, Chinatown, if the black community was to be, we had African town somewhere in the United States. I guarantee you, it will be an uproar because this is how America is. Yes, but I'd still say I think the biggest issue is us because, in a way, we're still asking for permission to be different. You know, every the America, it. the American story. First of all, capitalism needs a lower class. And the black community and the indigenous community have served that purpose. Are we but, asking for permission or are we still asking for acceptance? Both of them is doing both in a way, because okay. it's like you're by saying that, hey, if we try to separate, they'll get mad. That's acting, that's like asking for permission and and acceptance in a way, because there, America is accustomed to us continuing to beg to be included. Like it's used to it. That's just part of the American story at this point. What they don't like, and we've seen it because each time we've done it, they've pushed back. What they don't like is when we say, all right, you don't want us. 
and we're okay with that. They don't like that. Well, exactly. But it will make them pay some attention because that's what they do each time. The but, question then becomes, what do we do with it? And Tracy, you were about to say something. Yeah, because I, it's a whole bunch of points that you guys are saying, but I always like to use examples. Um, I uh, am bothered when I see, like I go to the hair shop all the time, all the time, because mm -hmm. I have hair, so I got you know, do something to it. You picking on me? I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying I have more hair than you. Um, I go to a store, whether it's Sally's, which I just left, or a store that's not owned by Black people. Okay. Literally, you have non-Black people in the Black community that we're kind of forced to support because, one, we don't have the resources to start our own business. We don't, it takes money to start a business, period, point blank. That's what it takes. Banks are not lending money to Black-owned businesses. We fail to plan because some of us don't like writing business plans, but now we've realized the error of our ways. And so to combat that, I really think we need to start talking about the formation of Black-owned banks. Not that they would just lend to Black people only, because that would just be, that's just racism on fleek. But to concentrate those Black dollars within the Black community. And that's what I think I'm making more of my goals. Like, okay, now I'm seeking, oh, hair shops that are Black-owned. Going to Black-owned restaurants. Going to, you know, as much black owners I can, because there's some things I'm just not gonna get black owned. I'm not gonna get a black owned, I don't know, equipment for my podcast. Well, see, Tracy, what you've kind of touched on though, so check this out. And this is just me just kind of listening to some of the, the terminology you're using. It's It doesn't have to be exclusionary. I, I, no one's saying, well, there are people who are saying, I'm not saying <laughs> um, that to focus on us is to be exclusive about us. You know, um, I don't see how that's even a winning position for anyone to take. But what we could do is part of what you just said. I mean, who else knows more about our hair than us? We used to be the central point for our own hair care. But we are so, I'm going to use the term Negropean, that we started looking for somebody else to do it for us like the larger community does. But the thing is, you can't emulate somebody who's already ahead of you. You know, they, uh, white America can off, uh, offload different service things to other communities because they're the dominant community. But we could decide that you know what we're going to have in our area i was trying to find a picture i'm sorry because i have one in my files and i just can't find it right now but basically imagine it this way think of um a walmart shopping plaza right there is usually the anchor store which is walmart and then there's like a bunch of little stores that mm -hmm. benefit from the foot traffic <laughs> of walmart yeah. well why can't we have a shopping center where 
the grocery store is the central one. That's your anchor point. And then, well, we all know that we need hairstylists and barbers, and that's a business that we do well. So we have that in there. And then another store might be a local farmer's market type goods exchange type of business. See, everything you're talking about, that what we do well, have a wing shop, have a sandwich shop. You know, we can do these things in our own little shopping center, similar to what we see in the Latin shopping center or the Asian shopping center. There's, I don't see anything wrong with that because no one's saying you can't go to Publix. No, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm hoping I was not suggesting that there's something wrong with it because I want that to happen. But, oh boy, I'm going to say this and I don't want nobody to come at me. Sometimes we do a poor job of supporting Black owned because in our minds, and I'm way guilty of this. I know I'm guilty of it. We're either looking for a discount or we just undervalue the business altogether. And I know that I'm guilty of that. I want to speak for every single Black person. But that, that takes a shift to say, you know what? I'm tired of getting my clothes at Walmart and they're ugly. I'm going to find somebody Black to make my clothes for me and pay them. Well, Marlon, I'm going to throw this to you in just a second because I know you're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, go, you, hate me. go ahead and hate me. That's, that's I, not an, this is mm -hmm. not an attack on you, Tracy. Because what you just explained is part of the sickness that's within yeah, our community. It's terrible. And instead of taking it as a given, I think it's important we see why it exists. So if you, we have a unique experience like Marlon was touching on earlier. We've grown up behind enemy lines from day one. So the, the sense that everything that is black is one off is deeply ingrained in the American psyche. But only we can change that, and we can only change that for ourselves. A lot of times, people go to a black business and they look for that hookup or that hand or that uh, discount because they don't understand business because they weren't taught the, about the difference between cost of goods and price of goods. They don't understand that that black business does not have the ability to order and bulk on the level Absolutely. of a Walmart, so the prices have to be higher. They don't understand that they don't, the owners who started that business almost certainly didn't come from a legacy of money. So there's no deeper reserves to touch in order to get better financing to start the business. The furniture has tape on the chairs. The counter is kind of rat raggedy, but that's because that owner sunk every dime they had into exactly. just getting it started. And they only know a little bit more than you do. So instead of us tearing each other down, which is going to take us doing this, fixing ourselves, we have to acknowledge, hey, if I see something I don't like, let me do a feedback with the owner. And the owner needs to be responsible and mature enough to take feedback in. And then we yeah. just, it's what every other, that's what the yeah. better businesses already do. Yep. We're not we gotta, yeah, we, we got to stop asking for the hook. I mean, I literally said, Tracy, stop asking for discounts. I don't walk into Macy's like, hey, that purse, I know it's $100, but sell it to me for 50 You know what they're going to tell me? Girl, yeah. bye. That's literally what they're going to tell me. It's so the answer to that, Tracy, stop it. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the answer. <laughs> stop doing that. We as a we as the collective need to stop doing that because we're doing ourselves damage. Yeah. But Marlon, go ahead, brother. Y'all hit on every point. I'm I'm so sick and tired. And the only pushback that I have uh, what you said is is them uh, when you said they don't know what it takes to start a business in the black community. I will push back on they don't care. And the only reason I say that is because everything that we do to the black businesses, getting the hookup and getting this and discount this and everything else, they don't do to the white community, to the white businesses. Whatever the price is that they see, that's what they're willing to pay for. For for some reason, when they see a black face behind the same business, all of a sudden, hey, we're the same color. You should get me a little discount on this. I would still say... it's, I would it's, still it's a say little... that that's because of not knowing. Because that's what I mean. But why would they not do it with a white owner? Because we know, or at least we think we know, that there's only a negative consequence for trying to relate to someone who refuses to relate with you. Like there's no sense of at all that you can walk into the Korean grocery store and be like, hey man, can you help me out? Like there's no sense in your brain that's going to fire off and be like, they might help me out. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I I have so much experience in the the business of of dealing with my wife's business. I get so sick of this is the price for this product. Mm -hmm. And them coming up with their price point. Well, wait a minute. If I buy some of these, if I buy more of these, can you not such and such? Oh, if, if, if that was the ability to do something like that, it would have been advertised like that. But here's the pushback. And, I, and I, I'm serious. I really, really, because I think this is important for us to, to delve into. What's manifesting to you as the business, business owner is someone who, is not, who has a careless disregard for what it took to even make this product available, yeah. right? They have no concept and they do not share any interest in grasping the con- concept of overhead, of taxes, of, of any of the stuff that goes beyond this thing that they're looking in front of. Get you, I got you there. But what I'm saying is this will take an entire dy- thought process shift across the board for our community. If you've ever interacted with, uh, generally where I run into it is like people who are from India, where almost everything is up to negotiation, like everything. So there's always some pushback on whatever price you put in front of them. There's always a, well, I don't know if I want to do this. I'm sure you can do better than that. That's not them being mean. That's not them being pushy. That's literally the culture. And then here we run into, we have built a culture to where too many of our business owners are struggling because we aren't heavily capitalized. So we're trying to get whatever business we can get. And then our people ain't hardly got no money and they're lacking business discipline. 
So they're always asking for a cut, right? Like when I was in insurance sales, I don't know how many times I would hear, well, what do you get from this? Why do you care? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. But what I'm saying is if we want to break that down within our community, that comes from both sides. It comes from you, the business owner, having a sense of pride for what you're doing as a business and being more transparent and patient with your customers so that your hours of operation, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., you're actually on time at 9 a.m. for business to actually enter your doors. Not at 8.55, you're walking to get past me to open the door, okay? Yeah. So there's that side on the business side. We got to be more consistently professional about what we're doing. And then also, if I tell you my hours are Monday through Friday, no, I'm not opening up on Saturday just because you need to change something, right? And then on the opposite side, learn a little bit more as people, learn more about how business works. And that requires business owners to get more involved with their community or what have you so people understand more of the backside because people really don't know. They really but don't. Is, but here come my butt, but however, no, please. because we're all, all three of us in a sense are business owners. Right. Yeah. We have a certain price that, okay, I have to, and we're not selling something. I don't know, Marlon, I don't think you sell anything physical. You have more of a service, right? Yes. So. Okay. So we all sell service products. Mm -hmm. We said, okay, it takes, if you want to advertise on Complex My Simple Man, it's going to take $150 for 30 seconds. I'm just throwing out numbers. Yeah, I'm with you. I should not disrespect you and say, you know what, CS, we've known each other for a year. Why don't you give it to me for 15? I had to literally change the way I was thinking because I was that person like, come on, you see a sister out here struggling. You see it. And then when I started owning my own business, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's not right. But there, you just nailed it. You just nailed yeah. it. You led into it as don't disrespect the other person. But you followed it with once you got firsthand understanding, yeah, then you I changed how you viewed it. So yeah. it, it comes across as a disrespect, but really it's a lack of it being personal to that person. Yeah, but I got to pick up on what Marlon said, too. The person that's asking for a hookup would never, ever go to a white-owned establishment and be like, hey, why don't you, you know, let's work something. Because they know what the answer is going to be. So then shouldn't oh. that mean that as the Black business owner, you need to start training your consumers to know what the answer would be? That takes and so time. instead of saying, <laughs> well, let me see what I can do for you. Because we see that far too often. Yeah, that's because we're afraid to lose business because there's not a lot of business coming. But then you create the monster that you can no longer feed. Yeah, because then you're always adjusting, always lowering, always you have. So now your that. prices mean nothing. Yeah, your prices literally mean nothing. <laughs> let, let, let me get this out real quick, and then we could continue on. Because Thea's hit on it, and I was hoping that he was he would say more on it. I'm strictly speaking to the um, Black-owned businesses. 
man, if y'all don't start just actually being a business and start doing what you say you're going to do, when you say you're going to do it, and how you say you want to do it, because it is really, really, really irritating when you offer a service or you offer a product and you just like you don't want to give a discount because the person is black. You don't want the black person to ask you for a discount because you are black. It's the same way you don't want to turn around and go, eh, I'll get to it when I get to it. They black, they understand. I, I, Thea's Tracy, we sell a service. P please believe I enjoy what I'm doing. Also, please believe every Saturday and Sunday is like, woohoo, I'm really be happy to do this today. There are some days when I feel like, eh, I just really don't feel like it. But I got people depending on me now. They're depending on me to be on this show, on this day, at this time, whether I want to do it or not. Correct. You I, you can't build on something like this. And I'm just, like I said, I'm speaking to the business people. Don't give half a services and then go on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or everything else and then tell everybody, see, that's what's wrong with, the, with the, our people right now. They don't support the, the black businesses. No, they support good black businesses. The people who do what they say they're going to do, when they're going to do it, and how they're going to do it. Not this, support you to give whatever you decide to do at the exact same price. Exactly. And that goes, oh, I'm sorry, T.S. Go ahead. No, that was it. That oh, was, I was just going to say, and that brings us still within what brought us together today. Talking about the culture and social separation is not a light switch moment. And it is a process. And everybody owes somebody something to make it work. So if you've taught your consumer to not respect your hours and your prices, because you don't respect your hours and your prices, you're both yeah. feeding them the problem. Right. If you are running a business, but what you did was just start a business and start doing what you felt, but you never wrote down your game plan. You don't know how you're ramping up. You don't know how you're shutting down. You're just winging a prayer in it every day. Then you can't expect structure to ever be involved in that, that mess. You know, so shop business owners. If you're a business owner, conduct yourself as such. You don't, you do not denigrate your customers. Okay. Yep. <laughs> if, is like some will, some won't, so what next? That's business. So do the same, do the right thing, continue to improve on the right thing and be consistent. And you'll find that your market will find you. If they don't find you, there's probably something wrong with your business. <laughs> you need to retool some things. So yeah. I think it's, it's, we gotta, on the separation side, that's where some of it has to come in. We have to invest in each other again um to bring us forward because we're talking about business right now but this is the same thing same similar conversation to politics a similar conversation to education similar uh conversation to public safety right 
if we say, and, I'm, and this is a, a, a pivot here, but if we say we want to separate ourselves from forces that are harming us, and I'm bringing up public safety at this point, we want less police involvement, then the best way that I can think of is we have to reduce how much we have to interact with them. And if we reduce how much we have to interact with them, then that means there needs to be controls on the inside, understandings on the inside, driven by our culture. That means we're not preying on each other so they don't come in here. So how could we maybe take that part on as a cultural responsibility to keep us safe to avoid what doesn't make us safe? Mm. Think of Black you, Panther you Party, would, think of community organizations, that type of thing. I, I know, like, you would ask a really, really deep question to a person that's just. You would have to start giving us some. some yeah, I'm like, um, well. Because I don't want my thoughts. I don't want my <laughs> thoughts. I want your thoughts. You can't get us off. I know, like, there's so many ways you could do it. You could just say, hey, within our neighborhood, we got our own police. We don't even need you. Okay. That's one way. You All could right. do like what the Black Panthers did like way back in the day where they were, you know, uh, had guns. Weekly. Yeah, way back, but that's literally what, 15 years before I was born. Yeah, that's way back. <laughs> that ain't way, way back. back in the 60s. <laughs> yeah. They had their own, they had their own grocery stores. They had their own, they were the ones that started WIC, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. But mm, I don't, I, boy, I don't even know the answer to that because without the community understanding, hey, if you don't commit crimes, then the police won't show up. But then that negates, well, why did you create the crime in the first place? Such as um, the, possess the selling of marijuana is illegal in the state that I live. I don't know where y'all live, but it's illegal in Indiana. If someone is selling it, the police are probably going to put you in prison here. But are they asking why they sold it? No. If you get where I'm getting at, because I'm like, well, there's yeah. a reason. I mean, it's, it's like certain things are going to bring attention. Okay. Yeah, that's, I now, that's I reject Black respectability politics. I really do. But I get where you're headed in that if you are robbing little old ladies of their purses up and down the street, if you're making it so you can't walk from one block to the next block without being propositioned for a drug sale of some sort, if you can't move freely between your house and your school without having to cross two or three different gang lines, then you will have the, the police attention you don't want. Exactly. Now, I would love to say that those are all um, hyper hyperbolic, but they're not because we're watching right now where the police, which is a gang, um, is drawing back on what they do just to let communities fall in on themselves because inside the community there's still a lot of issues. So perhaps one way we do it is instead of trying to cope with something new, we look at what's already been done. Black Panther Party, Citizens for Defense, um, those are the two who come to mind for me. But you do that type of thing. You have 
an organization built of the community by the community where you're interacting with everyone and you're talking in the shops and you're escorting kids to school and you're doing all these things, all these different things just to bring a level of calm. And then when people get out of pocket, well, then the police got to come get them. <laughs> you know, that's what that's that's the. I hear what you're saying, Theus. Mm -hmm. I agree with what you're saying. But we keep forgetting. I'm not gonna put. I'm not, I'm not gonna put that in. It. I'm not saying that. What I want everybody to remember is exactly how the Black Panthers ended. And I'm sorry that I have to keep harping on this, but we still live in America that do not want us to even organize to that point. I agree. The Black Panthers, there were situations where the Black Panthers members got out of pocket. However, there were certain people that we realized that was put into the Black Panthers to do that, yes. to get out of pocket, so the police can get involved. Correct. It was still the fact of the matter is we still live in an America where they do not want us to succeed without them. They benefit without from even saying, without even saying, we don't want to be involved with you. We're just saying. We want to do for us. We have no issue with you. We still, they still look at it as if, or they're going to perpetrate it as that's a dangerous terroristic group. Yes. They're going to say that we're rejecting them and we're separatists and all those different terms that they use. That's fine. They're going to do what they're going to do. What I would say is given you know like we have the benefit of knowing that whatever you do to try to organize to do something better for yourself, they will come. Like it's not they might. It's not, well, if we just do this yeah. better, then they won't bother us. No, no, no. They will come. They're coming. Because yeah. America benefits from our dysfunction. Yeah. So if less of us are committing crimes... So they don't have a good pipeline to fill their prisons that they keep building, then they will start to terrorize us to force us to react so that they can then put you in prison. Okay. That's what we've watched with Marcus Garvey's movie, Marcus Garvey's movement. That's what we watched with Martin Luther King's movement. We watched it with Malcolm and Elijah Muhammad's movement. We watched it with uh, uh, Bobby Seale and um, Newton. We watched it with their movement. It will happen. But that doesn't mean you don't do it. It means that you find a way to improve on what was done before. So now it's because when, when the Black Panther Party really started to crumble, was when the FBI was able to get the people in there to be instigators, for one. Mm -hmm. And then also when trust, because of the interference, trust started to break down between the key, the key figures. They were being uh, told this person said this, and this person said that, and this person wants to take over, and all of that. It will happen. 
<laughs> so look at what they're doing with Black Lives Matter, and it doesn't even have a true a true leadership. Okay. But what they how they view us, what they do with all those things, I'm saying that that has to be extremely secondary. What's most important to us is not wandering around the streets with shotguns trying to intimidate police officers and not beating someone. No. You want to have an armed patrol? There's a case for that. I'm with you. Cool. We can talk about that offline. But it's more about what are the things that did kind of work? The local clinics. Feeding our women and children in our churches, in our storefronts. Knowing who the neighborhood Black Panther members were so you felt safe when they were around you. Working with, now I'm transitioning to like the Nation of Islam, where you have community stores, you have the church, or in their case, the mosques, um, networks of communication and accountability. You can do all of those things still. And that's where I'm really trying to lead toward when I talk about a cultural or social separation, is we're still present we're still going to work at IBM. We're still going to work at CNN. We're still going to work wherever you work, you're going to work. But there's a sense of a community and identity where we're investing backwards to help stem the attack on our children. Because they, they haven't stopped just because we're trying to play nice. Yeah. We, we, we have to... We have to get the understanding that they're they're coming. That goes without saying. They are. What we probably may need to do, though, is I don't think we can come up with an organization at large as the Black Panthers. What we can do is network. This organization is very good at schooling. This organization is very good at feeding poor families for at the very least that you can get a, a decent meal every day where you don't have to pick and choose, so to speak, between paying the light bill and eating. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think, in my opinion, I think the better course is instead of coming up with a organization that does everything, that we have a network of organizations that is very good at doing this thing. And that we, and I'm pushing the envelope on this one because this is a mindset situation that we trust each other to not only do that certain thing very well, that we are also able to trust you. See, the fact of the matter is it was something that you said that, that triggered what I'm saying is that there was a leadership shift at the top that we still that as silly as it sounds he said what he said what he said what 
fine. Let's not have a leader, leadership over everything, but have leaders who are very good at feeding women and kids, leaders who are very good at schooling, leaders who owns shops that does this, that, and the other. So there is no, he said what to it, because you, you don't have a reason to badmouth anybody to begin with. Do your job. That's it. Just do your job. And I will support you because you supported me. And as that time goes on, and people start seeing it that way, then there's another organizations that grow from it. We see another issue. You know what? That organization did this, that, and the other, and they did a well enough job, but they're not handling this situation over here. There's nothing stopping me from handling that situation over here. So why don't I start my organization to handle this situation over here? You see what I'm saying? The network. I do, but where I would push back is that's one, that's what we're already kind of doing. We got people all over the place doing little things. Um, and then two, I do understand what you were saying about the organizational structure. However, I would say there's more of a need for it than less because organization in and of itself is how you stay on task. It's how you hold each other accountable. It's, it's, it, I, I see it as important. Like we've gone with a, a model where like Black Lives Matter just because it's the easiest one to come up with because what very few of us know what the NAACP or the Urban League are doing at any given time. But Black Lives Matter is, a, is, a, is an activist front, right? And they don't have defined leadership in the traditional sense because the lesson they learned was they're gonna come get your leaders. And unfortunately, they still do. They take out Black Lives Matter people left and right and lock them up or burn them in a car or whatever they do to them all the time. So that's no protection. So I would still say that, and and it's full disclosure, I have a selfish reason for why I'm saying something what I'm saying. Because I do envision building out an organization that is built off of the spirit of the Black Panther Party before it turned into the Black Liberation Army. Okay, so the 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 community centered part of it. All right. Where there is an act like the overarching organization. Is just that it's just an organization underneath it, you have a separate entity that does school lunch, you have a different entity that does education and tutoring, a different entity that does, you know, um, apprenticeships and um, what's the other term? Uh, Apprenticeships and when you do internships, right? Mm -hmm. And another section that does small business initiatives like the laundromat I was talking to Tracy about, right? All those things exist. And then the heads of each of those enterprises sit on the board of the overarching organization so that there's transparency and accountability. Because if I run the the law firm and the laundromat 
and you run, right, Marlon, you run the apprenticeship and the internship, and Tracy runs the, the clinics and the local um, law offices, but I can't hold either of you accountable, then I won't have the employees to fill my stuff. Tracy won't have the money she needs to run her, her clinics. And you won't have the financial backing you need to even do the apprenticeships because that doesn't make money. So it would take Tracy and me to be sending money to you. And if none of us are accountable to each other, the money will stop first, which will destroy Marlins. And then we won't have the staffing and the skills, which will destroy us. So that's why, I, that's my, yeah. yeah, that's my angle anyway. But I am, like I said, full disclosure, it's a selfish, self-interested view because of things that I'm working on behind the scenes, so. I get it. I completely understand. But Tracy, bring us home. Um, final thoughts, anything you want, we're here. You both said, I'm like, I'm saying like, yep, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Um, I, I want to say so much and just try to just compact it. Sometimes separation is necessary. And I think we may want to look deeper into that, not just from the political side, but the social side, because what we're doing is not working. It's I just agree. not. And, and that's pretty much all I got to say. And to come, probably the next segment is going to be about economic separation, but stay tuned for that. Marlon, what you got for me? Self-reliance is, is pretty much all I dream of, honestly. Like I said, I, 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 don't, I don't want the whole separating us from them and all that other stuff at the same time though i dream of the country where self-alliance is so strong within our community that although we're not separating ourselves from them we literally can say but we really don't need you to do what we have to do we're not, we're not separating ourselves from you, but we're making it perfectly clear to you that we really don't need you. You'll get our tax money and everything else. We ain't going to do that whole pushback on that and all that. But you're getting our tax money. But when it comes to our land, we, we, we don't need you. When we come to the policing of our, of our, um, of our people, we don't need you. When it comes to feeding ourselves, we don't need you. So that that's my dream. So well, as I bring it to a close, first of all, thank you both yet again. Um, what I would say, just in case my part wasn't very clear, because I think I was a little scattered. When I talk about separation, it's really all of the things that you've just pointed out. And then it's still something different where you would have the ability to not feel some kind of way 
about having your shopping center or your little African America or your little ADOS or your little whatever and not feel like, uh-oh, we're going to be treated like we're um, monsters mm. instead of feeling like, wow, this is where I can go to get some of the best down-home Southern cooking. This is where I can go where they know my different grades of, of hair and what that means and the different textures. This is where I can go where if I want my child to have a tutor that comes from their community and can really try to get in there and help them with their thing, there's a business for that there too. Where that's like its own little community. And at the exact same time, you live in wherever you live, whatever city you dwell, whatever subdivision you in, being separate has to be here. We're not going, I don't see it anyway, we're not going to separate physically. It's just no. America's not built for that, okay? No. So you can still separate up here, though, and you can still value your culture. You can still value being around each other and wanting to build our small businesses into bigger businesses and still know you can go to Walmart and you can go to Publix and you can go to Racetrack and you can go wherever else because you are still an American and you can do whatever an American does. But here's your safe space. But um, again, thank y'all. I am going to bring this here to a wrap. So Marlon, if you could please tell everybody where they can find you. Well, Saturday Night Vibe tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Radical Truth to Power tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, yeah, that's it. And Tracy? Tracy Media LLC, all platforms. All right. And I'm Theus with Complex Mind Simple Man. You can find me on my website, complexsimpleman.com, uh, or on Facebook and YouTube on Complex Mind Simple Man. So thank you, everybody. You have a great rest of your day. <laughs>